Playoffs. Playoffs. Victory Monday, playoffs? Victory Monday. It was Victory Sunday. It was Victory Monday. Victory Monday for you. Yes. Victory Monday for you, not me, but it's still a Victory Monday for me because we it's got a game to play this week. You actually are playing January football that matters. Oh, it's wonderful. It feels so yeah. good. I got the least matchup that I wanted, but after watching Houston against Indy, I'm a little more confident now, especially since the Browns got to rest some people. Yeah. So we have a I mean, lot of playoff stuff to talk about. We have, we have a football game tonight. We have week 18. We have we have playoff mustaches, Trey. I need you yeah, to step you your me? game up. You see mine? Like Hold on. It's right there. It's right there. You oh, really yeah. It's oh, connected yeah. a little bit. Got the little goatee. This is years in the making, actually, right here. <laughs> Man, you got such a baby face. I know, right? Got to keep it going. Nothing wrong with that. This is the last time the Browns hosted – a playoff game, I think this was kind of in style. So that's why I'm going with this. The Hulk Hogan, man. Almost. A little bit. Um, <laughs> wife was not pleased. She doesn't I, like did it? It on the, I did it on the – she came up. So I, I sat around and watched football all day yesterday. Normal with my full beard. Right. And then I was like, yeah, I got a plan. Normally, I go up to bed because, you know, I get up about 3.30 in the morning for my right. other radio job. And I was like, I'm going to take a shower before I shower and go to bed. I'm going to shave right then because normally I'll go to bed about eight 30 or nine. And she like has a craft room and goes and does her crafts and stuff like that. I was like, I'll just pull the blankets up over my face and she'll never see me. Cause it'll be dark in there. When she comes in, well, like there was like some friend stuff going, like our kids are in sports, some softball nice. stuff going on, baseball stuff with friends. She had to come in and tell me, 99% of nights go by, and when I say goodnight, I walk into our room, take my shower, hop in bed, never see her again, none the wiser. She'll come give me a hug, and then she'll lay on her side of the bed never see me. Of course, this is the night she has to come and talk to me. She, why are you, Why is the blanket pulled up over your mouth? I was like, I'm cold. You tried to hide it? Chilly. You didn't I want did, her to see I was gonna, day? I was going to spring it on her today because she hates it. Her and my daughter both, they hate it. Well, dude, I don't have the, any kind of playoff mustaches or well i told you this is years in the making but i what i do have is a pair of positive pants that is now four and oh and they're stinking off they smell you need to wash them no 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 they don't they smell perfect <laughs> they smell of victory they smell that's of joy cheese as this cheese it's not victory it's a little that's, bit of cheese. that's ramunda cheese maybe some tequila in there mixed in but <laughs> all glorious smell and they're four and oh and it's they start out First game of this weekend going against Baltimore, albeit not full strength Baltimore, but a game we had to have nonetheless, you know. And you can throw, for the most part, records out the window when you're going against a rival, especially we all know the Steelers and the Ravens rivalry is one of the best and has been one of the best for years. And so, I mean, I didn't, I knew this wouldn't be a, a rollover type game this Saturday. I was nervous coming into this game, and they gave me plenty of reason to be nervous. By the time we got to halftime, we started out great. Defense played great. Mason led us on a great drive. It was so sexy running the ball up and down the field, <laughs> seeing Najee smash it right in between the tackles. And then, like, well, hold on. Let me rewind a little bit. Hold on. Rewind. I was going to get into it. Stop me. I was about to roll. Go ahead. Okay. I, I, I texted you immediately because it was a monsoon. It was disgusting. It was in gross. It was gross. Yeah. And they came out pitching the ball all over the place. I was like, what the? Dude, what the you hell like is wrong with you? But I mean, they were Mason only missed two passes the whole night. So, like he he dink and dunked, and, and that's what you got to do in that type of weather. We had one big play downfield, it ended up being the difference in the game to Deontay, the touchdown. The touchdown. Um, but man, it was it was refreshing to see and kind of um, poetic football poetic gesture to see number twenty two, Najee, and we both have had our issues with the way that he runs the ball. But what I saw in Najee, what I saw in 22, that made me so happy and so proud is that he was decisive. He went where the O-line was blocking. And he was the reason we won that game. Because in that type of weather versus that team, for what was on the line, we had to be what has gotten us to the point where we are as a franchise. 
relative to the NFL and it's smash mouth football and 22 and the O-line came out and did that. And that was wonderful and glorious to see. It was, it was, it was great. And Patrick queen played. There were a few starters. There were some stars. The defense, like they had their Pobo. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce his name, but the D tackle, they had their D line. You saw Jadavian Clowney was out there doing his little sack dance. He, he was trying to get his, he was he trying to get his, his bonus. Spinner. Hey, I'm all about players getting their money, man. Hey, absolutely. I, I didn't like it came at the expense of some crappy play when Mason kind of flipped it forward and they gave him a sack. But um, and the ball went like straight up in the air. But he got through the Brad Allen refereed game, dude. They, they do. So that's another thing. Brad Allen and that crew, he made a point not to be on TV. He did not want to be shown. <laughs> they, they were calling like nothing. Zero flags. They on, on either team. I think they, we had like a holding call on punt team, and he almost messed that up. Like he called it on uh, the Ravens at first, and it was supposed to be against us. But uh, other than that, I mean, the, the our D line was getting held. Alex Highsmith was getting blatantly held, like right in front of referee. He's like, "Nope, I'm not calling." Defensive it. linemen get held on every play, especially good defensive linemen. Yeah, I know. you could probably know. you could probably have a highlight clip of T.J. Watt and Miles Garrett fifty plays long getting held, and it only covers four games. Right, this, this season. Right, exactly. It, it's been it's been bad, but it was it was obviously blatant in this one because they were like, we are not going to be the reason for any kind of controversy on this game that had so many playoff implications tagged to it. But I mean, we came through on a, on a on a with the W on the victory side of things, and uh, we still needed some things to happen, bro. We needed some things to happen, and the game that came right after it was probably the least likely scenario to happen. Houston and Indy to get a tie, but they teased us a little bit. They did. I kept looking at it. I was like, these mother are going to tie this game. If ever there was a way for the Steelers to make the playoffs, it's going to be via Dude, it tie. It would have been that, man. It would have um, been that. I, I had one major takeaway from watching y'all's game on Saturday. What's that? And I, I'm going to get into that. But first, I have a surprise for you. Uh-oh. I like surprise me because yeah. I like the positive big fella. I like okay. to see a smile on your face. Oh, yeah. Victory so, Mondays always bring smiles to my face. I have a surprise for you. I need you to just give me a second. Let's okay. let's be quiet. And I'm gonna Oh mama, I'm in fear for my life for my <laughs> long arm of the it's for you. Stupid ass song. Is put an end That's dope. Can't cut it off before the so Can't cut it off. I got you. I got you. I hope boom. you know what this means later in the boom. week, though. Boom, boom. Oh, mama, I can hear you are crying. You're so scared. Get it. I need you to really get after it, though. I'm going to play the song. I need you to get after it. Dude, you hear my dog barking. He is hyped, too. This isn't the whole house. Nightmares. Let's go! Let's go! Here we go, Steelers, baby. We in there. We in there. That's enough of that. That's all I can take. That was amazing. That was a gift. I that appreciate just so, you, man. so many bad memories. Yeah, I know. I know. When that song comes. And the, you know what the worst part about it is? It's a good song. It's a great song. It's a good song. It's Dude, a real good song. I sent a tweet out uh, earlier this week. I don't know if you saw it or not, but it really resonated with Steeler Nation. But this is a true story with some embellishment. But, like, I heard it. <laughs> this is like a Hollywood true story? It's a Hollywood true story. I heard that song in the middle of March I don't, in Indiana. Like, it had to be, like, I was, like, five or six years retired. I hadn't heard it in a while since I had been back to the state. I heard it randomly. Uh, I was out doing yard work or something. <laughs> <laughs> and somebody was... Playing it in their car, going down the street. Dude, I just dropped everything and just started running in circles. Like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> I tried to find a brick wall to run through, but there was none there. But I, I can see you now. I can see you mowing your lawn right now. You got a terrible towel wiping your brow, and then you just start waving it. What are you doing? Look at that line. Look at that line I just mowed. Woo! It's so provocative. It gets the people it's going. Like, <laughs> <laughs> What was this stupid movie with Will Ferrell where he's right, a figure of glory. It's so provocative. <laughs> it is, man. It was that, that was that was that was for you. So now I need to stir the pot a little bit, and I'm gonna poo-poo on this because 
this is what brings me joy because I've been here so often as a Browns fan. Yeah. The descent and how 50 50 y'all are split on your quarterback situation because you still have a lot of people in Steeler Nation that want Kenny Pickett to start. And I'm telling you right now, I think I even texted this to you during the game. You guys do not win that game Saturday with Kenny Pickett playing. Mm. He does not hit that slant, which it was a one touchdown game you won by. And he does not complete 90% of his passes in that weather with his tiny hands. I mean, he did hit a slant very similar to that, the GP versus Baltimore in the first game. So I got to give him credit where credit's due. Not in that weather. Not in that weather. That's what I'm talking about. In that in that weather. In those gloves. But I mean, Mason Hat was double gloved up as well for the game. So maybe I can't I can't agree with you totally on that because he's if any play that he can hit that he has hit is that play that slant. But that throw was not just your normal slant. He, he laced he it. He laced it, he and it was laced it. like three defenders, dude. It was yes, it's your perfect throw, and uh, in stride, never so broke steady. stride. Right, it was uh, and to Deontay, who I mean. He he drives Steeler Nation crazy because he has plays like that, and then he has plays. Like Shocker! A wide receiver on the Steelers drives Steelers Nation crazy. Where have I heard that one before? <laughs> Dude, you took like twenty seconds to get off the field on the play. I saw that. I watched that live happen. I was like, "What is this guy doing? <laughs> Why is he up there still?" And then they come back from commercial and they flag him for it. I was like, "What a jackass!" Like, get off the field. I've never he was like trotting. Seen. He was trotting I've like the horses in that. the show. 12 men on the field on punt team because of a receiver that couldn't get off the field in time. And like then your punter shanked the punt. The next punt he shanked. Dude, after if, if there's any downside to that game, it's how bad we punted. And it was such punt? a stark contrast between us and whoever the Baltimore Ravens punter is because he was killing the ball. Like he, he was the reason like Baltimore was in the game because he flipped field position every single time. And so, can you punt? Can you, can can you go I? out there? Kick? Absolutely not. I might blow a groin <laughs> and a hamstring all in, one, all in one attempt. Absolutely not. What'd you do? Warmed up, all bad. Every muscle in my leg gone. Every muscle. I got one leg now. One leg, hamstring, one quad. Because I tried Good to. Good for you. Yeah. I'm ha- I'm I told you, it. we should have, you and I, we dabble a little bit in our degenerate tendencies. Right. And um, thank goodness it's legal now in the great state of Ohio. And uh, I wish it goes. Illegal. I've been so bad at it. It needs to go back illegal. Like, I don't even want to <laughs> bet anymore because I miss every single parlay I ever tried to uh, put out there, man. It's been it's been a rough betting season. Why would we have not thrown ten dollars on the Steelers to make the playoffs after? After the well, loss to Arizona and New England, it's, just, it's hard for me to bet on the Steelers, period, just because I feel it's part of that being stitious, that superstitious. Oh, I have, yeah, I don't, I don't bet on the outcomes of the Browns games ever. Right, but making a I playoff seems like a, a futures bet that I could have made, and it, it didn't even cross my mind because honestly, if I'm being honest, I didn't think we would make it after hey, those hey, two losses. Did did we really think the 15 people we picked to score touchdowns was going to score this? No, <laughs> this is true. No, you actually no. What's funny is I actually do think we do. We do believe it. Because <laughs> we'll text those back and forth. And we're like, oh, that looks good. I got to get on that good. one too. Yeah, exactly. I, I got to do, do that one too. <laughs> I have more faith in my 15 leg parlays than I do in my Steelers making the playoffs after we lose to two, two and 10 teams. So, no, but I, I wish I had as much faith in myself in anything as I do the dollar 50 cent bet that'll pay me $140,000 when I exactly. hit that submit button. But at the all said and done, this was as much drama as the Steelers have had this year. The soap opera that we have that's been well documented that we've talked about, they are in the playoffs, dude. And they actually look like they could, they could. It wouldn't be surprising if they won a game, you know. And they're the they're sixth only, seed. Yeah. No, yeah, we are the no, sixth no. seed. No, no, no. No, we're the Yeah, seven you seed. are. No, that's no, right. Buffalo ended up getting two. Yeah, Buffalo ended up getting two. Seed. You would have been the sixth seed if Miami would have right. won. Right. So so there's a lot of games I want to get into because there was a lot of stupid that happened this weekend. Uh-huh. Everywhere from Jacksonville to Detroit. I don't know if you saw what happened in the Atlanta-New Orleans game, and I want to get your take on that. 
Oh yeah, I saw what happened. Before, I want to before we get around the league though. I need yeah. to get to my Browns. Yeah, talk about your Browns. Go ahead. I mean, I mean, I there's not much to talk this game this weekend, but you go ahead and talk about you guys making it to the well, playoffs. I'm just excited about this week. Yeah, this is less about the Browns, and so there's now Bengals fan. First of all, let's give it up for our division, first team yeah. in NFL or first division in NFL history to all four teams finish above 500. That's amazing. And man. this is what I'm going to say. That is why the Browns fielded a team full of guys who were looking for jobs on LinkedIn last week was so the Bengals could finish above 500. They did them a favor. But now all the Bengals fans are coming out. So let me let me share something with you, Trey. I did a little, I did a little artwork, okay? Uh-huh. This is for the Bengals fans out there. I did a little artwork. So I got out the whiteboard. I wanted to share this with them. See, we got we got the AFC North. We got the Ratbirds. Nice. Nice. We got the Browns, mm-hmm. the Steelers, all playoff teams. Then right. way down here, <laughs> we have the Kentucky Bengals. The Kentucky Bengals. The Lexington Bengals. And that's an asterisk, my friend. That's an asterisk. Why is it asterisk? Because we, we let you win that game so you could be above 500. Oh, we okay. played zero starters. Us Dude, it was, it and was the 49ers really, really were the only comical. teams. It was comical, the team you guys fielded, man. Like that was and put up 14 points. Jeff Driscoll should never take a snap in the NFL again. No, not at all. Not I mean, good for all. you. You got to come out and slang it a little bit. Everybody would love to do that one day. He probably feels it this morning, like, damn, I wish somebody would have just paid me to sell insurance, and then I Dude, wouldn't have got nice, beat up. That's a nice check. I think he makes like just off that game, he makes like 55, 60,000. Right. And he got a jersey. He got, got a ticket to the game. <laughs> Got dry humped all over the field because he got sacked about 14 times. Dude, not to throw you off course, but along the same lines in that game, did you see Jake Browning's wife or girlfriend in the stands? <laughs> How could you not? She was she, she was out there just was, advertising. I don't know what it her was. And Jake it, Browning, her and Jake Browning are the definition of doing too much. Like, <laughs> Jake Browning is cussing out his coaches on the sideline for plays they're calling. Like, you're not a backup quarterback who should be lucky that you're playing in this league right now. Oh, he said he's done enough to be a top 32 starting quarterback. Yeah, and then yeah. afterwards, he's he's interrupting uh, Tyler Boyd's press conference to talk about how underrated he is and what a great player he is. Dude, know your role. This is Joe Burrow's team. You kept the seat right. warm. Dude, Just like, shut up. I, I do give him some credit for having that confidence himself. Nobody's going to believe in you. If you're not going to believe in yourself, nobody else will, you know? And so I do give him some credit for that. It does come off a little bit as too much, like you said. Yes. But, like. Be confident, but, you like, you know your place. On yeah, know your place. Be confident. I know play with a chip on your shoulder. But he doesn't need to come out and say those things. Like, his tape will speak right. for itself if, and if the other teams believe that. But. Man, like they vulgar are vulgar Kirk Cousins. Vulgar Kirk Cousins coming off the field against the Vikings. You shouldn't have cut me. You shouldn't have effing cut me. Bro, calm yourself down. Okay. Yeah. You're gonna be holding the clipboard next year. Now, the bad thing is, I think he can play. I I do think Jake Browning could play much better than some guys we've seen take snaps in the league this oh, yeah. year. Yeah. So I do think Jake Browning can play a little bit, and he's young. And Burrow's always hurt, so good for Cincinnati for having him. But but nobody yeah. is going to have Jake Browning at the top of their list saying, we have to bring him in. He will be like the third, fourth, or fifth option if those guys, if a team, a quarterback needy team, comes in and needs to make a splash as far as the quarterback position. They'll call Browning like fourth or fifth if they don't get yeah. their first three or four options. And so I hope he realizes that. I appreciate his confidence. I know he's playing with a huge oh, shift but you just beat um, the longest yard team uh, from, from the brand. Yeah, that's right. who you guys beat, you know? 80%. So. We played four players that get regular rotational snaps right. in that game on Sunday. And he wasn't talking trash to the Browns. It's the culmination of what you've seen over the last several weeks. Like 85% of who played for the Browns, I'm pretty sure the last snaps they took was for Bishop Sycamore, that fake college in Ohio that put all the guys up on ESPN U against the Florida team or whatever. It, like those guys were good for them. You got to play in the game. Like you said, you got a good check, but there was no way the Browns were ever going to 
compete right. in that right. game. You're just trying to get out of there with nobody getting hurt with the but injuries the that they had. had. They wanted to play for a winning record. They wanted. Oh, to they wanted. The they, you know, they had the yeah. uh, incentives too. Like Joe Mixon needed to get some yards, right. and he needed to score. I think one touchdown to kick in a bonus. Uh, I think um, Chase had to get a couple catches. They hit a hundred or something, which yeah. I think kicked in a boat. The only person that didn't play and smart on his part is T Higgins because he's gone. He's gone. This might be the last time we see Joe Mixon too in a Bengals uniform. I think it I mean, is. I mean, I think Chase Brown's proven that he's he can be a lead back, and so well, there's only so much salary to go around. That's true too. Yeah, but uh, so yeah, no, it was AFC North was the class of the NFL this year. But and, one more time, who day, who day, people, look at that. See, dude, you, I did, also did a poll this week on which team is hated the most. Yeah, man, we, we got a problem there. Okay. No, I mean, I feel like that's respect. If you're hated the most, what no, I, yeah. thing is where the Bengals lie. Like they're so irrelevant to Steelers fans. <laughs> they don't hate them or respect them. That the was Steelers the fans to everybody. To everybody. I thought it was, it was comforting to see that they were back to 42 total fans in the stadium on Sunday. That's where you belong. Dang. It sucks to be left out, doesn't it? Everybody <laughs> else in your, in your class got to go to recess. And you're in oh, there. I was having fun too. <laughs> I, made the little, I made the little image of the sad boy looking out the window and like the Browns and Steelers and Ravens were walking off the driveway to the playoffs. Right. They're just looking at the window, grounded, oh. home alone. Sucks mm. to be a Bengals fan, but Thanks. Doesn't despite it? our teams, we're, we got an extra week to play, man. But uh, a couple of other games happened that uh, had some huge playoff implications. Green can Bay. Can we start won. with the Green Bay did win? Can I? Can we start with the one that the first one that had implications for you, which was oh. the Houston Tennessee game? Oh yeah. So, so Houston, there was a Tennessee. couple things. Yeah, there was a couple things I want to talk about with that. But did you watch it after watched, the Steelers game? I watched okay. the whole game. Yeah, and so. Like Jonathan Taylor, uh, first off, when he's healthy, he's the Animal. best back in the league. Animal. He's the best. He's better than CMC to me because he can do like no one is a bigger home run threat to catch the or to take it to the house than Jonathan Taylor. But he's he the also best running back. In, he, yeah, he's the best running back in the league. And he can catch. He's he can't catch like CMC, but he's definitely the best runner of all of the running backs in the league. Now that Derrick Henry seems to be uh, faltering, losing a step. A bit, yeah, you know. But uh, Pittman, Pittman's the real deal. Gardner, Minshew, uh, I got to give that man credit. He came in expecting to mentor Anthony Richardson this year, and he had the Colts on the brink of the playoffs. Uh, now He was bad. He was so he was bad, bad on Saturday. He was bad, and he missed a lot Wide of Wide open guys all over the place he was just missing. And I had this argument. Uh, the, the play that determined, not determined, but was the nail in the coffin, but could have been could have kept the drive going was that flat route to Goodson out in, and and he threw it behind Goodson, but it hit him in his hand. So let me ask you when a ball hits a receiver or a running back in the hand, they're supposed to catch it. Now it would have been, if, a, if it's above their hit. knees, yes. If they're, yeah. if it's above your knees, yes. It was above his knees and he had above it. your knees and below your eyes. You catch that ball. He had to contort his body because the throw was not good at all. And he was wide open. And so, um, Gardner Minshew definitely takes in some of the blame, but if the ball hits your hands, you got to catch it. Well, that's, but I also wonder why didn't they have JT in at that point? That crucial of a of a play. That's what irritated me is a. So Gardner Minshew threw that pass like you're throwing a dart at the dartboard, like he almost like chicken armed it. He's just trying to put it where it's catchable, right? And get the first down and keep the game going. But and and that poor running back Goodson, right? Goodson's yeah. his name. Goodson. Yeah. He said all the right things. You could tell he was hurt by it. He said everything. He did everything right afterwards, took accountability. Yeah, so to, you know, but why is he in in that situation? Now you live will, and die with your best players. I do. I agree. But I will combat that by saying that uh you practice that specific play for that specific situation all week long. At least, and he said it. He said it as me. And whenever you have a special play like that, it's meant to kind of deceive the defense a little bit because, like, this no-name guy is not going to get the ball in this crucial situation. It's, right. it's kind of similar to when a big man touchdown, when you line up and those linemen aren't used to catching the ball, and you want to throw so, 
your star tight end or your star wide receiver on a crucial play. We saw, um, I mean, Detroit ran that play, albeit Brad Allen's crew messed it up, but it would have been a touchdown. Nobody would have thought any other wiser about throwing to that guy in that situation, right? And this is where I say coaches overthink. So let me ask you, I'm, I'm going to paint a picture for you, okay? Yeah. You're in the playoffs. You're playing. This is your playing days. You're in the playoffs. And you're playing a team that best defense, best defensive line you've ever seen, right? Right. We just got done talking about how good Jonathan Taylor is. So you're in the playoffs, tie ball game. And Ben Roethlisberger's been getting sacked all game long. Line's just getting beat up. It's a tie ball game with two minutes I don't like left. This at all, but okay. Are you are you pulling Ben to put in Michael Vick? Well, quarterback is a little actually. That's a bad, that's a bad scenario because it's Mike Vick. And if it's a no, special, I'm, talking, play, I'm talking. I'm talking end of career, Mike Vick, when he was on y'all's team. Like, are you pulling still, Ben? Like, if there's, I mean, yes, I get the point that you're trying to make. You're not pulling him in the playoffs. You win with your best players, or you lose with your best players. Right. And this and is a playoff not, game. I got you. Yeah. Yeah. This was a playoff game. And if your if your quarterback is not good enough to realize Jonathan Taylor is covered because they're doubling down on him or. It's actually the best case scenario if you're an adequate quarterback, because if they all shoot to him, you have a slant wide open. Right. That's what the play is. It's slants and flats or, or dragon flats. And if they you know, all that, run, to, if they all run to Jonathan Taylor, that's the concept that you want to run. Oh yeah. No, this play was that's specifically, the, you, if you watch that play, Pittman was uh, positioning the block. Like, yes. Yeah. Which so, again is another it's another bad thing that you're giving your quarterback one option on fourth in the season. He was wide so, open. Like we've compounded bad decisions. He was wide open, but we've yeah. compounded bad decisions. What is the job of a coach? And to me, the job is a coach, the job of a coach is to put the team and the players in the best position to succeed. And I don't feel like he and I don't feel like a lot of coaches do that week in and week out. They overthink themselves, especially the way that Jonathan Taylor was running against Houston. Right. What do you get, six, seven yards to carry? Right. I would have much preferred them put Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss in at the same time and run the same play. Yeah, you're not even talking about the backup running back. We're down to the third string running back. Now, granted, like I said, I I see your point of view, and I understand, and you have made a valid point, and I agree to a certain extent, but at the end of the day, he still should have caught it. He's in the NFL. No. Yeah. 100%. 100%. You you have to make that catch. I'm not saying he wasn't to blame just, for dropping the ball. It would ball. have been easier to put to deal with had Jonathan Taylor dropped the ball. At, you go out with your best players. That like as a coach, I want my best players to win or lose me the game. Nothing against Goodson, you're not Jonathan Taylor. So, maybe that's the play you draw up on second and goal where he can walk into the end zone, not fourth in your seasons on the line. I think you're just and, salty because you don't get get a short drive to Indy for the playoffs. Now, no. <laughs> you, now you get playing against one of the hottest or one of the best rookie quarterbacks of all time, and CJ Stroud and Nico Collins. That they are oh, every single thing. That and you know great. what? I feel like Ivan Drago. If he dies, he dies this week. You're not at Ohio State no more, little buddy. Sorry. I hope you go one for seventy six passing this week. I don't even want you to play well. Are we in agreement next year? You can play well. Are we in agreement that Domingo Ryan's is the head coach of the year? I think he should be. Yeah, I agree. Because that place should be. Houston was an absolute dumpster fire for years. I think Stefanski's going to win it, but I think it should be Domingo Ryan's. No, I think Domingo Ryan's is going to win it. I I I I think he should. Have you seen it? If I had a vote, it would be Domingo Ryan's, and this is. There's no difference to me, and this is part of what's I'll give him credit for. This is part of what's good about Kevin Stefanski. There's no difference in Kevin Stefanski this year and last year and the year before and the year before. What's different about the Browns this year is Jim Schwartz. Yeah. That's the difference in the success. Because well, even when the is- offense was putting up numbers in Cleveland, the defense was giving up numbers in Cleveland, and it was a schematic issue. We well, had our entire secondary. Right. We had our entire secondary with Joe Woods at times last year pointing at each other like Spider Man, like out in the defensive backfield. 
11 games into the season, not right. like week one, 11 games into the season. So, yeah, it's. I think it should be D'Amico Ryans. D'Amico Ryans should be uh, coach of the year. Joe Flacco should be MVP. And Miles Garrett should be defensive player of the year. Of course. Which is what of it course. is. But, I mean. Joe Flacco along, should be comeback player of the year. He will get comeback player of the year, I think. Or DeMar Hamlin, which we've already discussed that. You don't need to go back into that bag. But <laughs> Joe Flacco definitely deserves it because, I mean, he's done one hell of a job since he's been there. But continuing on, after Houston and Indy didn't give us our tie like they should have, and Houston ended up winning, we had uh, the other scenario. Uh, we needed Jacksonville to lose. And I couldn't have been on the King Henry bandwagon harder more and more uh, optimistic than what I was yesterday. Man, it was great to see old Derrick Henry get after the Jags a little bit, but I know you have a beef with the quarterback of the Jaguars, Mr. Sunshine himself, Trevor Lawrence. What was your issue with him? Good. So first of all, let me good for Mike Rabel for yes. letting Derrick Henry go out in style. Right. Um, in front of the, the Tennessee crowd. So there were two scenarios of weird things that happened this weekend. And uh, I was, t I texted you about it last night and then actually Brian Baldinger kind of hit on the same thing. I'm going to start. I'm going to get to the play that irritated me, but first I'm going to address not just Trevor Lawrence, but Justin Herbert. These guys fly under the radar of zero expectations and it annoys me. Okay. They play for fan bases that by and large don't give a damn about wins, losses, the product. They show up when they're good, and so that's very fine. Very fickle fan base. Yes. The Jaguars and the Chargers fans, yes. If, yes. if Trevor Lawrence played in New York like Zach Wilson's had to do, they'd have had his head at the stake by now. Yeah. With how much resources they put in building a team around Trevor Lawrence, the head coach they've brought in to, um, after the urban debacle in Jacksonville, to rectify Trevor Lawrence. And this is not personal, but he they just had one of the most historical collapses of all time, eight and three, vying for the number one overall seed in the AFC, dropping to nine and eight and missing the playoffs in probably the worst conference in the AFC. And their one win during that stretch was C.J. Beathard at quarterback. Yeah. Trevor Lawrence wasn't even – he lost every single game after they went. Yeah. And you had winnable games down the stretch. You had the Browns playing with Joe Flacco. You had the Bengals who were on a backup quarterback. You had the Titans who have been a dumpster fire right. this year. And you couldn't get two wins in your last six? I mean, that that's just – so that's what irritates me about Trevor Lawrence and Justin Herbert, because he's on IR again. The Chargers are in the same boat. They're a guest in their own stadium 90% of the time, not just with the fans in the crowd, but they literally rent their locker room from the Rams. It's not even their place. And the the Chargers have spent – you got Bosa, who's always hurt. You've got – you brought in Mack. You've got two number one wide receivers running all over the field. Granted, they get hurt here and there, but – and a lot of it is the coach. Like, I give Justin Herbert a little more leeway than I do Trevor Lawrence because of the coach and the division he plays in. You're going up against the Chiefs, the Raiders, the Broncos year in and year out. It's a lot right. tougher than going up against Indy, Jackson, or Indy, Houston, and uh, Tennessee. But now I want to get to the play because selfish football, we just talked about a situation where a coach did yeah. – a questionable thing didn't put his team in the right position to succeed on third and goal. Jacksonville's down by eight. First of all, Jacksonville did the same thing for whatever reason, third and goal from the half yard line, they decide to throw the ball right. for whatever unknown reason that leaves them with fourth and goal for a yard. That plays over with stupid call. You don't need to do play action and throw the ball. If anything, you sneak it twice or give it to ETN twice, and you live with either getting being short or getting in the end zone. But then on fourth and goal, Trevor Lawrence tries to sneak the ball. And it was too far. He didn't just try to sneak it. He tried to jump up over the top. 
he had done that before. Uh, he, that's a play that he's done before, um, and it's worked. But uh, like you like you mentioned earlier, that was not that was the not the play that was called. When you go back and look at the film, the guards are pulling. It looks like an off tackle right handoff, like the way the running backs fire off the lead blocker, and then the right guard is pulling around. Um. It, it was a run play. That's all there is to it. It was a run play that Trevor Lawrence took into his own hands and said, damn what the team says. Damn all of this. I'm going to sneak this ball and you're doing too much. Yeah. Like you, you're, you're missing wide open guys. Complete those passes first before you just completely ignore a play call with your team. Cause it's not, and this isn't even from a fan standpoint, all those other guys in the locker room now have to deal with the decision you made. Like, if you it's don't like it, very selfish play. Yeah, that's, it's that's selfish selling, football. Selling your team that you have no faith that they can execute, that you feel like you're the best man for the job, despite the fact that you hadn't played well the entire game, hadn't played well the entire previous two a couple months. weeks. Yeah. yeah. So you're going to take this one opportunity where they have a perfect play call. I know which play you're talking about. Full disclosure, I did not watch the game, but I saw that play. I saw that play. I went back and watched it after you told me about it. And it was blocked up. It was going to be blocked up really good. He like, scores. He scores. All he's got to do is put his head down and he scores. And so the running back, ETN. That right. And so he tried. I know Stafford did this and was successful and got a lot of praise for being tough and and going off script and doing something to win his team. But Trevor Lawrence should not have thought he was the right man for the job in that in that scenario, considering how he's been playing, considering that they had a different play call. And that it was going to work. Trust your team. Trust your team. And that's not going to bode well in the locker room when they go back and watch the film. No. And then you got your defense goes out and gets another stop, and he panics and fires the ball 40 feet over Ingram's head on fourth and two. Well, season over. You know well, thank you very much, Trevor Lawrence. We <laughs> we appreciate you on Steeler, Steeler Nation. Yeah, because without that, you guys are sitting at home. So I I can't make myself we put ourselves in this situation we need to help it get into the playoffs so i knew coming in i had my positive you got it because the lord shines on steelers nation you guys get everything you want the refs are always in your favor it's always it's always about the steelers sit down and watch that game like it would have felt weird for me to really be that intensely rooting for another team so what i did was for tennessee family went out on a nice sunday family afternoon and I perk this it's the hardest thing in this day and age for me not to look at my phone for I don't oh, miss yeah. football games like I watch every football game oh, I just know. To know what's going on like I, I pride myself on knowing everything watching going back and watching film afterwards I haven't played football in 10 plus years but I like to know what's going on and so it was weird for me not to look at my phone it was weird for me not to even text somebody hey, what's going on but what I did after we got done painting uh, typed in ESPN.com just to check the scores. Saw that it was 28-13. Put my phone down right there. Oh, okay, okay. I hope I don't jinx them because I checked the score. <laughs> and you almost did. I would I almost did because next time I checked, it was 28-20. I was like, oh, hell. I done did it. So I didn't check it on the way home because it took about an hour to get from where we were uh, in the paint studio to home. And so by the time I got home, it was said and done. And it was over. Through. But it was, it was stressful. I kept on looking at my phone, looking at the road, looking at the phone. Christine was like, do I need to drive? I was like, no, you don't need to drive. I got this. <laughs> and I needed to drive because if I was in the passenger seat. You'd have been sitting there looking. <laughs> sitting there looking at my phone. But thank goodness for the Tigers. <laughs> I'm happy for Coach Vrabel to go out on a win. It's going to be interesting what his future looks like because I don't think – I think his days are done in Tennessee. I do too. Because uh, like, Derrick Henry is gone. I think they were almost a damn near package deal. Because he loved his boy Derrick Henry, and um, I think Tennessee wants to go to a more um, modern offense. So I think Tennessee's going to go really hard at uh, the Detroit coach uh, Ben Johnson. Yeah. And so I think Vrabel is going to go to a team that really appreciates that hard nose type coach, uh, somebody that needs to come in and discipline and get the team in order. I see him being in Washington, maybe or New England. Those are the two spots I see him perhaps landing. Well, we got four shows this week. We're going to go for a week now because we're just so full of stuff to So say. much, man. 
so much going on. But we got a couple guests this week. Yes, we do. We're going to talk to. So we're going to have all kinds of football this week. Um, It's Black Monday. So for tomorrow's show, we'll have a lot more on the coaching front because it's going to trickle down. It is. It's still a lot to be said. Still a lot to be done. Uh, Right now it's just Arthur Smith and Ron Rivera, right? Correct. They they fired Arthur. About noon. Speaking of Arthur Smith, uh, I know you saw what this is. This is what I wanted. This is what I wanted to, to end today with was the Saints and Falcons game. The controversial uh, victory touchdown, victory formation touchdown that uh, the Saints pulled up forty one seventeen. Forty one seventeen. They just get an interception, returning back to the one yard line. Dennis Allen calls victory. Um, to go ahead and kneel and, and run the run the clock out uh, with the the victory in hand, and so they go out there. And if anybody knows victory formation, just like uh, if you're up thirty points in a basketball game and you're dribbling the clock out, it's universally known as a play where you are you kneeling your defense. You're kneeling the clock out. You're kneeling. You're not going to run a play. The defense expects you not to run a play, and so. What the Saints did, what Jameis Winston did, was hand the ball off to Jamal Williams out of victory formation so that Jamal Williams to score a touchdown. When I initially saw it, I was like, okay, Jamal Williams must have some kind of incentive, which it still would have been messed up, but I would have understood it. <laughs> I would have understood it if he needed, if it was $500,000 or $250,000. Because like I said before, with Jadavian Clowney, I have no issue with players getting their money when they can because this game – Takes a, a lot out of you, and you only can play it for a little bit of time. So get as much money as you can when you. Yeah, can. just give and me so, a heads up so I can live that Jamal Williams getting that one yard touchdown run. The odds on that was probably like plus a hundred thousand. Right, actually, he was part of my parlay, but I missed like five other legs, so it didn't even matter. <laughs> so, but and then Jameis comes out in an interview in, in Jameis fashion, very aloof, uh, comes on in an interview saying. I understand D.A., Dennis Allen, his point of view, but as a team, we decided that we wanted Jamal Williams to score, so we gave him the ball so he could score. Very, like, not really understanding the magnitude of what that does. And so, as a first, I want to know your opinion as a fan, and then I'll tell you what I think as a player. Um, It's garbage. Mm-hmm. I – and – I don't like all the people saying, well, if you don't want them to score, stop. It's apples to oranges. You're in victory formation. You can say that if they line up in a set, in a conventional I formation, whatever their offense is. Then you can say, if they don't want them to score, stop them. But when you line up in victory formation, it's it's the wave, the white flag, the game is over. Because, And I played quarterback when I played football. I know how pissed people are going to get and how pissed people do get, and we see it at the end of games, when the defensive line gets overzealous and starts trying to rush in victory formation to right. cause a fumble on the center center uh, quarterback exchange and things like that. So, like, if Jameis Winston would have gotten hit on that because, let's even call it incentive-wise, because a defensive tackle didn't have a sack all season long, and he wanted to get his sack or had an incentive to get another sack. So he mm-hmm. decided to take a shot at Jameis Winston to get his sack while Jameis Winston's taking a knee. Everybody's pissed off. Right. So I get that what they were trying to say and the, the love they have for Jamal Williams and things like that, but it was still wrong. And you don't line up in victory formation and run a play. And now next year, there will be a fight if a lot of those players on the same it won't be forgotten because it's a divisional game. Right. Dude. And so I likened it to a basketball team, bringing the ball up court, like a, a little analogy I used earlier, up 50, running out the clock, just kind of lollygagging. Then at the last minute, the dude goes and dunks on some yeah. unsuspecting defender. Same exact thing. Like nuts and face dunk. Like not even just like a regular. <laughs> like, ah! You know, that's what it's like. That's what it's yep. like. And so – like, I think about it from an offensive lineman standpoint. Like, okay, you're doing this, but think about the next time you really want to run victory against the Atlanta Falcons. And that D-line remembers what you did last year. Dude, they're going at your knees. They're going to yes. mess you up. 
You know, you now so, may have gotten an offensive lineman hurt or somebody else hurt because of how they retaliate. It's it's like a pitcher. Your hitter gets hit with a pitch. The next pitcher's coming out and throwing a pitch at the at their best batter. That's what's going to happen. You don't do like it's not the same as some a quarterback doing a fake spike. You know, because you're going no. up to line of scrimmage. It's not the same as you're like still trying score. to score in that situation. The game is right. still going on. It's you're in victory formation. That is the sign for if that would be like. That would be like somebody in the Pro Bowl back when they put pads on guys in the Pro Bowl um, doing a blindside block to somebody. Like what Sean Taylor laying out Brian Morgan, the punter? Yes, the punter. But even that that isn't as bad because Mormon shouldn't have cut it back upfield. Right, he shouldn't have did that. Like, go out of bounds. Don't cut it back. And football is different at that time. You're running trying to – Yes. Embarrass somebody as a putter. No, what about know your damn role and get your ass out of bounds. Otherwise, Sean Taylor is going to make you feel it. Dude, and you know what else? This is going to have a trickle down effect. This is your backup quarterback. So it looks bad on Dennis Allen for not having control of his locker room and players just going and doing what they want to do despite his play call. It looks bad for Jameis Winston as a third string quarterback because let's be honest, Taysom Hill is the guy they go to when Derek Carr is out. Did you see Taysom Hill? No, I didn't. He was what the deep back in victory formation, and you could tell he wanted no part of like celebrating that with everybody. He like just walks off to the side. <laughs> he wanted no part of being anywhere yeah. near the celebration of Jamal Williams scoring that touchdown. Jameis might have cost him money. He's going into this year as an unrestricted free agent. I don't know if a coach is going to want that type of dude in the locker room. Somebody that's just well, so you just you just hit on it. Jameis Winston will end up being the fall guy, and deservedly so. Um, he's going to be the one that they pin the blame on because he won't be back next year. I worked in Tampa when the Bucks drafted him, and he is just a he's just a different cat. Like he's Dude, he's, he's funny, he's he funny, hilarious. he's entertaining as all get out. He is just a different cat though. And you know what the funny thing about it is? Is he'll probably end up being the the fall guy. He won't give a damn. He won't care at all because the next team, if he gets picked up by another team, the people in that locker room are going to love him. He in his mind, I'm telling you what, Jason, what. What James Winston thought in that moment, right? Remember the movie Varsity Blues? Oh yeah. I just yeah. when the running back said, I've never got I don't have any red zone touchdowns. All his touchdowns have come when he broke from 40 plus. Yeah. James he Winston went, thought he was Jonathan Moxon in that moment, and he got Jamal Williams. He a changed touchdown. it 25 dive, huh? He changed yep. it 25. Anybody got a problem with Wendell putting one in the end zone? Anybody got a problem with Jamal Williams putting one in the end zone? No, sir. All right, Billy Bob, snap me the ball. Let's go. That's exactly like, what happened too. That's yeah. what was going through Jameis Winston's head. He's just a different dude. He I, mean, I guess he knew that he wasn't coming back probably next year too. So he's like, "What the hell?" But dude, he did not think that one out. No, he did not. He did not. He thought he was. He thought he was being a good teammate by that. One hundred percent. And he was. And the people in that locker room, or at least the crew of people that love him, love that. But until again, somebody tears a meniscus next year, right, until somebody the, the gets their knees. Is punched throat or throat punched because some D lineman is pissed off. Like, yeah, it's all fine and dandy now, and he can show his face in his locker room. But yeah, that, that Arthur Smith was just mad because he tried to go to the bathroom at the end of the third quarter and they already shut his key card off. He was already fired before that game. He got the Jamal Adams treatment. His cold. Yep. <laughs> he couldn't even go to the bathroom. He was holding it for a whole quarter. Dude, they fired him before sunrise, man. That was crazy. <laughs> I think it was 4 a.m. I had to get up and give my daughter some medicine. Arthur Smith fired. Like He couldn't even wake up and have a conversation. I do think now that we're in year four of Stefanski, the Browns are finally done paying old coaches because I think we've been paying Hugh Jackson and so many coaches to still not coach the Browns to this point. So that is one good thing Stefanski's given us is Jimmy Haslam saved a little bit of money. Yeah, there you go. So, all right, man, let's let's do it again tomorrow. We got guests. We want to keep that under wraps or? Keep it under wraps. Let's bring them in tomorrow. But before we go, big game tonight, your prediction. I know you hate Michigan, but. My, my prediction is the over. Take, come on, man. Give me something. Who do you think Washington, wins? Washington wins. Penix is MVP. By how much? Washington wins by more than 13. I'm actually with you. This is, is this coming? From an objective point of view, or from a Buckeye, I think Penix is on a mission, and I, like he is, he is good. He is, he's really he good. He can, he can sling the ball, and um, 
Michigan has not faced a quarterback to this caliber. No, Michigan's Michigan's only chance is if they get a lead and control the clock. If they get an early lead and control and the, the clock. Is, Washington's not bad in the trenches. So I, think no, I, I don't lead. think people realize how good Texas's defensive line was. Right. And they neutralize that. And right. they're going to have to do it tonight as well. But they've also got the receivers where Pennix can just get the ball in their hands and they can go. Yeah. And I, agree. I don't trust J.J. McCarthy to throw for 303 touchdowns. And I think that's what it would take if they get down in the first quarter. I agree. I'm with you. I think Washington wins by 14. Pennix throws for 350 and three touchdowns. I think Rome uh, solidifies himself as a top 20 pick in the NFL draft as a receiver. Yep. And uh, I think we have the Pac-12 going out on a high note with them winning the championship. Because I honestly think the Pac-12, from their, I think they had the best conference this year, if we're talking about. Yes, top to top bottom. Four or yep. five teams, yeah. And so, yep, top to bottom. And the interesting thing is, from the very first um, college football championship during the 14 playoff and now the last one, no SEC teams were in either. Big Ted team and Pac-12 team in both. Ohio State and Oregon in the first one, Michigan, Washington in the last one. And now both these teams will be Big Ten teams next year. Fun fact right there for you. Maybe Florida State on the horizon because they said they're done in the ACC. I wonder where they would go. The SEC makes sense for them. They won't go to the SEC. They don't want that smoke. They don't. They don't. They're not ready for that. As much as I dislike the SEC, Florida State is not because of how strong they're getting with adding Texas and Oklahoma. Florida State is not on that level, but it, it does make sense with being Florida's already your rival and all of that. Just from a it makes a lot of sense. Everything that's already in place. But yep. all right, my man. We, 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 we have four days a week, man. I'll see you again tomorrow. Yeah. Do it tomorrow.